What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is New York rapper, producer, and engineer AJ Radico. We spoke about the Dark Knight trilogy, SpongeBob, Kung Fu Hustle, how 2001 A Space Odyssey helped him appreciate sound editing, how sound editing influenced the way he makes beats, how Fruity Loops, Splice, and iPhone voice memos changed the production game forever, and the creative process behind his debut project, Transit. Come fuck with us. What's crack yet, everybody? Welcome back. We're, um, Real Notes is still here. We're 20 episodes deep. I remember the number this time. We're fucking 20 episodes deep and we're here and I can't believe we're 20 episodes deep. I'm kind of I'm kind of geeked off of that. Um, yeah, name is Dylan Cinema Sci. I, I do a lot of things. I have a lot of names. Those are just two of those things and names. And y- yeah, we're having fun. <laughs> um, every every guest we get on this motherfucker is really incredible and super special. But we got someone who's uh we got a we got a we got a fucking firebrand out here who's been making noise for uh he's been making noise for a couple of years but more and more people including me <laughs> are starting to pay attention now um I was put on I was put on to this guy um maybe at the maybe like, like at the beginning of this year right when he dropped his really really crazy project called Transit that I've been screaming about for the last like four months I don't know if anybody's heard me <laughs> but like. You know, this is uh, this is, we got a rapper, we got a producer, we got a we got an engineer, performer, um, just artist, all sorts of. He's all sorts of different things. We got fucking AJ Radico in the fucking place to be today. <laughs> Yo, man, thank you so much for coming on, bro. I really, really appreciate you. Hey, bless, bless for having me, man. That was a, the craziest intro I've ever heard. <laughs> thank you so much. oh you're welcome i'm trying to get better at the intros i wasn't super good at it at first and i want to make sure everybody feels represented and you know i'm you know like you're here because i fuck with you so i'm just happy to i'm 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 happy you even took the time (laughs) you know yo for sure appreciate hey 20 20 episodes in that's a whole season mate yeah season (laughs) shit is loose like it's crazy Ah man, thank you. Like it's 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 been it's been it's been a journey so far. I'm learning a lot about all of this. So you know, like the fact that you're here for number twenty makes it even crazier. So goddamn, proud to be here. <laughs> ah, appreciate that. So um, so yeah, let me ask you. So yeah, I'm gonna ask you everything. Uh, uh, nah, I'm gonna ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on here, what was the last movie or TV show that you watched that you have a strong opinion about? Ooh, that's a good one. The last, (laughs) funny enough, I don't know if, I I don't know if this is a strong opinion, but I, I was at the theater like probably like a week or two ago and I had just finished seeing a uh, quiet place. And I so I was like, okay, I already paid for this ticket. Let me go slide and see in the heights. Man. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know if I'm just like not a musical person, or maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> New York being represented in that type of 
in that type of way where we got all these actors and like and it's like in the heights literally i don't know i felt that i felt like that movie was kind of was kind of funny <laughs> the presentation came off kind of kind of loopy to me yeah, I've been, I've been hearing a lot of things about it because I never saw the, I never saw the musical when it was on Broadway, and I know a lot of people had problems with it for like a while. But like, yeah, yeah, there there was there was just a lot of talk about like the representation and just like the fact that that was like it just it just came off weird. So I, I haven't seen it. My, I haven't seen it at all. So I I have no frame of reference. So like. What did you so like? How do you feel? How do you feel they did representing New York? Did they do good? Did they do bad? Like, uh, they didn't do bad. They didn't do terrible or anything like that. It's just like New York a little more gritty than they made its team. <laughs> it's a little more grimy than that. You know, they had this whole. Actually, I can't even spoil it for real. But like, the scene that I got into there was just like this whole like deli or something where they were like making a whole bunch of, I don't know. It just didn't seem, it didn't feel like New York. It felt like, it felt like maybe like if New York always had the sun on, like if, Mm. if it was always daytime or something like that, it felt like that to me. Yeah. Nah. (laughs) Nah. Very often. Very opposite of Gotham, you know. That's that's what I'm accustomed to. Like I'm a huge fan of the Dark Knight series, mm-hmm. and so whenever I see New York uh, <laughs> represented on on in film, I'm always like looking for something similar to that, or like something that's like very real, like big on realism, you know. Right. And yeah, like, and, and yeah, like from what, from, from what I've seen, like in the Heights isn't super, like, it's obviously not like a fantasy or, 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 or I mean, like, I guess, I guess to an extent it is parts of it are kind of, kind of a fantasy, <laughs> like a, yeah. like kind of like an outside looking in type shit, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it's, like like I said, I have no frame of reference, so I can't even really like speak on it like that. I just know a lot of people had very mixed feelings about that movie. Son. Yeah, man. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, everyone's gonna have mixed feelings about any film, so I, I definitely understand that. But that that was just like my kind of uh... felt. Like, but, but, but yeah, talk, talk to me about the Dark Knight series. Like, what is it like, like, what is it about that series and Batman in particular that you have a fascination with? Or is it, or is it not a Batman thing and it's more just about the city, like you were saying? Well, I think, oddly enough, you know, Batman is probably not even my favorite, like, superhero. I wouldn't even call Batman a superhero, but like, I wouldn't either. Like, I, I grew, I grew up like a big Spider-Man fan, but I think as far as films go and films being superhero films, I think The Dark Knight always struck me as something that was very like feasible, like something that like this 
shit could happen like in real life or something which i always yeah. thought was cool even though i love like spider-man and like his powers and everything and like being able to shoot webs and all of that and how they do that in the movie i just thought like i love the technology i love the story and like how you know the development of bruce wayne into batman and like how he got to that point and yeah i just really like how nolan did it um with the dark knight series specifically the dark knight yeah nah 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 like like of the three the dark knight is definitely my favorite too because i went back and watched batman begins and it's it's kind of iffy it didn't hold up the way i wanted it to it took you know i didn't like it at all like when it when i first when it first came out when i first was seen like i mean young as shit so like seeing a like origin movie and it's like oh like where's the fighting like where's batman at and you're just like waiting for that whole thing like art automatically made it boring but i went back and watched all three like during like lockdown and i was like oh shit you know batman begins wasn't as bad as i thought it was maybe just because i matured and like seen it for what it was like as a origin story um but yeah i do think though it was kind of iffy being that was the first of the three two um but yeah definitely uh dark knight is my favorite yeah like for me like 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 when i went back and watched it again the like the dialogue is really corny and uh like it's it's just like like the coolest part of the movie to me was always just everything going on with scarecrow and they do kind of focus on it a bit but it's uh just just like the just like the dialogue is just really like like Nolan's like like Nolan's whole thing was that he was trying to make a Batman movie that like wasn't really a Batman movie and he was like trying to split the difference and it's just like it 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 was just he just didn't have the formula the way he needed to have it and then the Dark Knight happened and to me that's like that's like a perfect movie like I love the Dark Knight like everything about it like yeah yeah that definitely was the you know intro for me like I was like whoa like okay now this makes more sense to me whereas you know yeah Batman I do get what you were saying about like the dialogue it was kind of corny like <laughs> this the scarecrow stuff was interesting and like how he polluted like I think all of the things I enjoyed were like the realistic things like how like polluting the like water supply so that he could vaporize it and then make yeah. everybody in the city crazy like that's some shit that sounds like ridiculously real like i mean obviously there's like regulations and things like that, that would stop that from happening but in a place where in a place like gotham where everything's corrupt the streets are corrupt the mm-hmm. politicians are corrupt and it's like whoa okay i could see that happening my favorite my favorite part of the whole batman begins on top of the uh on top of how realistic the whole vape like i thought the scarecrow's plan was really dope 
I thought uh, I thought Morgan Freeman was great as Lucius Fox. And then there's that one scene when the um, where uh, Scarecrow gets injected with the fear the fear toxin, and then he just sees yeah. Batman, and he's just like the man bat for like a second. Like <laughs> that, that shit was scared. Yo, that scene used to scare the fuck out of me. I was like, yo, like, nah. <laughs> that scene scared out of me, man. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yo. Nah, that shit was too wild. And like, and like, there really isn't very much of that in the Dark Knight. Like, that's like, to me, the Dark Knight is more like, because like, you could even look at what happened in Batman Begins as something a little more fantastical compared to everything that happens in the Dark Knight. Because like the Dark Knight opens with just like a bank robbery, like just like yeah. a standard bank robbery, and the Joker is just like the Joker is just a wild motherfucker in makeup. Like yeah. he's just a nigga in makeup, you know. Like <laughs> he's a nigga in makeup, and he set everybody up, which was the craziest. Like when when the bus came and like crashed in the shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, and like that's such a crazy like that was such an interesting like intro scene for for a hero movie to like i don't any other hero film that i've seen and or liked has started with a villainous intro like that yeah and yeah and like it's like the whole line of them like they all do a thing and then one of them kills the other and then it's just like it just goes yeah. like that and then and then at the end it's like oh i thought i was gonna survive and then he takes oh i kill the bus like, driver <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah nah. yeah no nah, that shit was that shit was amazing man and like and and like i really and like i really feel like christopher nolan kind of got like like that was the one time where he managed to kind of do like half a really cool like realistic thriller movie and mm-hmm. make it a great batman story on top of that it's really hard to kind of like do those two things at once and not have it be like too silly or too serious but i think yeah. that's the one where they like really got the balance perfect and like and like what else could we say about heath ledger that hasn't already been said like bro went stupid like <laughs> man he went dumb favorite joker aside from uh Hamill as you know the animated jokers. There you go. Favorite Joker. That's the right choice. <laughs> That's the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Him and um uh what's it called? Heath Ledger, Mark Hamill, and um Cesar Romero on the Ad- on the Adam West show. Like Cesar Romero on the Adam, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah crazy crazy my, uh i like i think my favorite scene in all of the dark night is the one where the joker blows up the hospital and he walks or, or like he's trying to and he walks away and then like the button sticks <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i love that scene too like and like when uh dent is in the in the chair and he's like he pulls the mask off yeah <laughs> Like you didn't know this was him the whole time. It's it's and, and like literally and like it's literally just like the face mask that covers the mouth. Like how same mask that like, everyone's been wearing. <laughs> like, <laughs> come right. on, like yo, I, yeah. I can't like like 
I tried to rationalize it to myself for years because he might have like gotten some some of the chemical shit in his eye and maybe he's like yeah. blind in his uh maybe he's blind in his left eye but like I don't know bro like it's it's so easy to tell that it's him like <laughs> right? you, you you know like like this is a normal looking nurse with <laughs> <laughs> with face makeup on over their eyes and it looks like a dude <laughs> like, like come on bro like <laughs> um so uh um how do you feel about the dark knight rises because the dark knight rises is i'm 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 i won't front i hate it i think it's terrible i thought it was a really bad ending of the trilogy and uh just not a nah messy it was messy the dark knight rises is like the the spider-man three of the dark knight to me i don't know like i guess like i i make that comparison because i felt like there was a lot going on in both films and because they were both did three i'm not saying dark knight rises was as bad (laughs) as as spider-man 3 right but it was just as confusing to me in a sense but um I don't know maybe maybe with like hero films in the third one is always like a trend just be like oh let's put every let's make everybody be in this movie let's like have like three villains let's like make it just action-packed or something yeah but the whole the whole like Bane thing was just like okay why is this guy doing this like what is (laughs) he's like trying to end the world or some shit (laughs) yeah like yeah like the only thing i ever remember about him is that he's supposed to be a part of like the the um raza ghouls um yeah, the league, the of league of shadows yeah but like but like other than that it's uh, he like because because like in the comics bane only like he only exists to break batman's back and then he kind of becomes a cool character after that but here it's just they tried some like really different take on him that's like so different from anything they'd done before and it's just i don't know yeah. like like the, like the accent he was going for just made me laugh more than anything like it's yeah. that's all i could pay attention to honestly and it's like tom hardy he's a great actor but like <laughs> that was just like funny Bane yeah funny. and then like the whole nuking the city pretty much like yeah. doing all of that like why <laughs> like i just didn't get the motive behind a majority of it Right. And no, then, I feel it. And then, like, Batman. I guess what was always confusing to me was, like, how long was he in that shit? Like, yeah. he had mm. get rehabilitated. They had to fix his back. And then he climbed a wall. Like, he climbed <laughs> out of a well or some shit. Like, and then came back as Batman. All in the span of, like, what, two hours? Yeah. Like, I, I get, like, it's it's supposed to be, like, a longer sequence and things but like that was always like whoa like how long was he really in this underground shit and he, his body was already fucked up too yeah. so it's like you got double damage your knee was fucked up and you just got your knee fixed now your back broke and now you trying to fight this dude <laughs> like i would be chilling i would be in the crib honestly <laughs> like he had, and like and like 
like he's got the underground crib and he could just stay there and like recuperate for real for real but like but then again the world would it just makes no sense because yeah like you said like we don't know how long it's been like they just don't tell us like it would have been fine if they just had somebody be like oh it's been like you've been gone for like two months or we don't even get that you know like no title card no no expository dialogue none of that shit like yeah Yeah. And then and then on top of that, and then on top of that, like you were saying, there's just like there's just so much going on, like not even in terms of villains, because like you have the Bane storyline, you have the Robin storyline, you have uh, yeah. Talia Al Ghul shows up like you have the, you have like yeah. everything going on with Alfred and every just there's just it's just too much. It's just too much. And, and the Catwoman and um, Selena Catwoman. Kyle shit, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so much going on in the one film that it's like, whoa, like, how do you even, how does all of this fit? How do you make all of this fit in, in a way? And I get it, like, in a superhero world, like, all of this shit is possible, but still, like, we're talking about, like, a film that right. we sit and watch for X amount of time. And like, like, okay, how do we make sense of it? Yo, and then, and, and then I, like, Cause like uh, like I'm actually kind of happy you made the Spider-Man three comparison. Cause like at least with that, like at least that movie's kind of fun, you know. Like that's yeah. like like that I prefer is- Spider-Man three. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say no, that. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. I've watched Spider-Man three, ironically, more times than I <laughs> than I've watched uh, Dark Knight Rises. But um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like it, it's like. A lot of people hate it, and I guess I kind of hate it too. But that scene in um, Spider-Man Three, where he, where where Peter's decked out, and he just starts doing like the cringy, like the, the cringy tough dude shit, like, like I, like I appreciate it. It's really, really bad, and I think that's supposed to be the point because, like, that's what he thinks cool looks like. So, like, yeah. I'm cool with that. Like, it worked for me. It's 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 yeah. really hard to watch because it's supposed to be hard to watch. It's like, it's hard to watch. It's all funny because it's like, yo, this is a grown man playing a teenager. Exactly. <laughs> <all of> <laughs> so it doesn't come off that way because it's like, okay, now nah, it just looks like a grown man doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, man. And like. And and like I'm like jumping back to the Dark Knight, I saw <laughs> when Rises came out, I saw all three back to back. I did one of those like big screenings. They had uh, like the AMC because me and because uh, uh, me and one of my homies were really into the movies at the time. And the first one was okay. We took a break. The second one, everybody was everybody was fucking gassed off the second one. People were like, yeah, yeah the third one's going to be crazy. And then we all watched the third one. And, the, and like and you could just feel the energy die as the movie went yeah. on. Like like so it was so like seeing all three back to back to back was like this third yeah. one just it's like, didn't do it. For me. This is how we get here. This is what we got to. Damn, I was expecting a lot more. <laughs> honestly like re- real real big letdown yeah um real real big letdown um so for you bro um what's the first movie experience you can remember having like it could be at the theater it could be at your cousin's house it could be like anywhere like what what what's the first time you remember watching a movie damn that's a great ass question i have two ironic enough that you mentioned at my cousin's house and at the <laughs> theater but i have one 
I remember watching Kung Fu Hustle at my cousin's house. That's a crazy movie. Funniest thing. It was like, I didn't know whether to be scared of it or like, <laughs> like laughing oh. at it. But yo, Kung Fu Hustle is one of my favorite movies. Um, because of that, because of like seeing it with my cousins, like my cousins used to live out in Flushing. And I used to go to their house like on the weekends and we would just play video games and and eat a bunch of junk food and watch movies. And that was like the first movie like I remember watching with them. Um, I think one of the first times or my first one of my first memories of going to the theater was to see the SpongeBob movie. Another good choice. The Sponge um spongebob is hands down my favorite cartoon um so when the movie came out it was like i gotta see it in theaters and i think i went like on my birthday to see it and i just remember going to the theater and like getting like the funnel cake and and all of that and they were like oh happy birthday over the loudspeaker and then i went to see spongebob and i was like oh my god this is the best day ever Ah, it was your birthday. No okay. Yeah. Yeah, no pun intended. That's funny. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I remember going to the theater to see the SpongeBob movie. That's crazy. Wait, wait. What theater did you go to to serve Funnel Cake? I've never had Funnel Cake at a movie theater before. Oh, I don't even know if they do that shit for real, but they did it that time. <laughs> but it was like, like the, there's, there's like a multiplex like all the way like at the edge of Brooklyn. It's mad far for no reason. I don't know why my parents bring me all the way over there, but it's a deep, deep, deep movie theater. Um, but yeah, I remember I went there with my mom and we saw the SpongeBob movie. That's David, fire. Shout out, shout out to David Haswell. <laughs> yeah shout out shout out to everyone's favorite lifeguard david hasselhoff that's that's that shit was so bizarre because like because like because like because like, like i imagine that like we're around the same age so like we so like we were way too young to even know yeah. what Baywatch was so like just seeing yeah. him like like i had a general understanding of like who david hasselhoff was but then to just like see him pop up i'm like who the fuck yeah. is that? Like, why is he here? <laughs> Who is that guy? And why is he a robot? Why is he a boat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the fucking with the fucking mechanical pecs and shit, and like the <laughs> just Bruh, <laughs> yeah. that was a trip. <laughs> nah. Yeah. nah, Sponge SpongeBob's the best. I've uh, it, it's actually crazy you bring it up because I because um um uh, my girlfriend and I have been rewatching the whole series because it's on uh amazon prime and paramount plus so we kind of like jump between yeah nah like it's like the whole shit you just put me on i mean i just i downloaded it low-key you know i I downloaded the whole and i've been watching it that way but you know i didn't know it was on there because i would have definitely just streamed it through there because there's so many episodes I just think Spongebob is such a like interesting cartoon like from like just the story and like how the characters work 
this is a sponge underwater with a bunch of living animals <laughs> like with a bunch of living organisms and he lives in a pineapple like they had to be the craziest the craziest <laughs> yeah like he's like a sponge who lives in a pineapple uh, uh i'm an oct- i'm a squid who lives inside an easter island head a fucking starfish that lives under a rock oh and then they get visited by a squirrel and then there's like a crab who loves money and the crab's daughter is a whale like (laughs) and his arch enemy is a fucking small plankton like it's crazy it's crazy it says so much about real life like yo (laughs) this is what the workplace this is what a workplace is like (laughs) you have your uh uh, co-workers that hate their job (laughs) Mm mm-hmm and I always, I always thought that was that was funny, like like interesting how like Squidward is like the adult of everybody. Yeah, he's the adult of the entire show, and it's like I never resonated with it until later. I always thought Squidward was like, you know, Squidward's just annoying, like he's just a mean old grown up. But then when you mm-hmm. get older, it's like, yo, SpongeBob is annoying as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yo like yeah like it's crazy because 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 like you because like you look at it now with all their eyes and spongebob is just that one person you work with who enjoys their job way too much much. he's like too much like mr krabs is a slave driver and spongebob is just the one that's like oh boy (laughs) oh boy an 18 hour shift like like you, you remember the episode where um you remember the episode where they open the crusty crab for 24 hours a day when they're on the graveyard oh, shift? Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was too hyped to work for 24 hours a day. Like the hashling and slasher. Uh-huh. The classic. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just like it's it's like it's so relatable, just like seeing Squidward do the like, well, maybe not relatable, but like Squidward just going out of his way to like make up this crazy elaborate story just so he could be left alone at work. Like just like the lengths that we'll go to to just be left alone at our fucking jobs, bro. Like Squid's day off is one of like I have this shit. Matter of fact, this is how big of a SpongeBob fan. Let me see, let me see. And he does, he does shit, bro. Oh shit. Oh, are they the orange tapes or not? Nah, these ain't the orange tapes. Uh, these are definitely what I used to be running. Used to be Oh, that's so <laughs> fire. Way back when. Like five episodes on each one. Mm-hmm. But these are my shit after school just throwing them in the thing and the episodes i didn't have you just used to record them onto blank vhs's uh-huh that way but yeah man <laughs> i just realized y'all can't see what just happened but he just pulled out three of the five episode tapes it's like 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 the tapes, not the DVDs. Like I have the tapes. Like <laughs> these are the tapes. Yeah. That's some other shit. Before we move on, um, I didn't want to I didn't want to forget about Kung Fu Hustle because Kung Fu Hustle is one of my favorite movies too. And I think yeah. that's a really precious thing to watch with other people, like especially like especially like your cousin. So like so like talk to me about like 
it's 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 interesting you bring those two uh, um kung fu hustle and spongebob up together because they're both like they're both like really zany and surreal and they lean into this like they're both just really creepy in a way yeah. like they kind of like get they kind of like mine a lot of their humor from that kind of like really extreme creepy brand of animation that was brought about by like the looney tunes and then later by like ren and yeah. stimpy and shit like mm-hmm. yeah no they definitely are creepy like spongebob has those scenes where they'll just like randomly throw in like a <laughs> uh a illustration like a big oil oil painting of a detail like a yeah. detailed insert shot that's just like actors or like they'll have a random <laughs> like actual person with makeup on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do shit like that. Like seeing that in a cartoon, I don't like I don't remember any other cartoons like having those types of weird like features. Yeah, like the the only two that come to mind are Ren and Stimpy and I think Rocco's Modern Life because Rocco um they used to um I think I, I think a whole bunch of the people who worked on Rocco also either created or worked on SpongeBob. So but other than yeah. that, like that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ren and Stimpy another one too, like that shit just felt like it wasn't for kids. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Like it wasn't low key. <laughs> Oh man, Ren and Stimpy, Cow and Chicken. Yo, man, Cow and Chicken is one that nobody talks about ever. And like we like the fact that you can't like watch it anywhere really makes me sad because I used to love watching Cow and Chicken. And so, I've been I've been I've been jonesing for it. It says something about about the show though. <laughs> Honestly. It about it. I used to watch it on Boomerang. My my there was a point where I just like it probably still is, but like my cable box, I don't even really watch TV anymore. Like, I don't think I turned on my cable box in over two years, but there was a point where I just had it set to automatically just like turn on to Boomerang and I would just watch all those cartoons, just watch Dexter's Lab and yeah, Johnny, Johnny Quest and all of them great, you know. Oh man, yeah, so many classics, and yeah, like and, and like to see that style be emulated in something like Kung Fu Hustle really was like, like talk to me about that movie and what that shit did to you when you first saw it. Yo, that scene where uh, I don't remember her name, but the lady she like takes the puff of the cigarette and like screams. That scene was crazy to me. Oh, the landlady? Yeah, it was the landlady. landlady. (laughs) Inhaled the whole cigarette and was like, ah! That was like, yo, I didn't know they can do this in movies. Like, (laughs) just like the special effects of that movie and like how people would fly across the the screen and like jump off of walls and things. And like Mm -hmm. the the two dudes that were playing the instruments and like- like, Yeah, with the swords. Yeah. That was crazy. I was like, whoa, like these effects are wild, but this is like not even like this isn't a superhero movie or anything. It's like a weird like combination of a comedy and a drama and like has properties that you would find in like a cartoon. Yeah. But in a live action film. And that's what I always thought was like interesting about it. 
Yeah, like it's 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 really such a weird movie. Like and 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 then like the whole story, the guy wanting to like like he wants to be a part of the gang, but like yeah. it's his, but like it's his destiny to be a good guy, but he's fighting against that. Yeah. And like it's just such a weird fucking movie. And the and the fact that it works just like the guy Stephen Chow is he's the guy who made like Shaolin Soccer, which is also kind of on that type yeah. of time too. Like he's he's yeah. Stephen Chow is a special dude, man. Those are those are great movies. Great, great films. Oh my god. And an, yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna another, say? There was another Stephen Chow film that I saw recently. My homie Alan put me on to. I think it was uh, earlier. Or earlier from I can't remember the name of it. Damn, what was it called? Damn, I don't remember the name of it, but it was another great film. Um, what's it called? But um, before we move on, um, I think another one of my favorite parts of fucking Kung Fu Hustle. There's a fight scene where like it's two guys, and one of them's one of them's punching really fast, and the other is mm-hmm. like blocking his attacks like really <laughs> slow yeah and i had yeah. never seen no shit like that either at that time it just like yeah, it, it, that shit really just opened my eyes to like because like it really felt like a live action cartoon like i had never yeah. seen anything like that before and it just was like wow yeah. like like the live action anime on, on yeah there you go it's even better yeah the frog guy that, mm-hmm. that shit was weird the frog dude like <laughs> Yeah, there's so many funny and like weird characters in it. That <laughs> yo, this is such a crazy movie. Yeah, they really they really created a whole wild universe, and it's um what's it called? There um there actually are a lot of Japanese movies that are like adaptations of anime that like do that same shit, which I didn't realize until way later. But like, mm-hmm. there's this other one that I can't remember the name of, but like it's an adaptation of an anime and it's live action, but they do everything they can to like replicate like the big eyes and like the crazy yeah. like movements and they even like mess with the frame rate to like make it look like a live action cartoon. It's it's yeah. I love when people do stuff like that, like kind of like breaking that line between between fantasy and reality. I love that type of shit. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. When they can do it the right way. And yeah, when when they, and when it's like not an American film, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the American adaptations of like any anime or like manga has just always been not good. <laughs> did you see? Did Did you see Ghost in the Shell? The new one. <laughs> I couldn't even watch it. Like I yeah, was just me. Trying, I was I was trying to watch it and I was like, damn, why are they doing this? Like what is this doesn't it's cool, like it's it looks super futuristic and, and the like effects and things and all the CGI and, and stuff is cool, but like nah, they could have kept that. Yeah, okay. that shit felt like vandalism, honestly. Like Ghost in the Shell was so important to me growing up. That shit felt like vandalism. Like <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad and let me not even speak it into existence. You already know which movie I'm gonna say, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Nah, bro. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't gotta go there. At least, at, at least not on camera. Maybe, maybe later. <laughs> Man. But um. So like. So like. So like. As you're growing up and you're kind of having these experiences with these movies, um, like like as you get older, was there a movie? Was there a specific movie that made you that made you fall in love? with the art of filmmaking at all like was there ever a moment where you just like looked at it as more than just like a thing to entertain you um yeah i think when i saw i went to see 2001 in 2001 the space odyssey mm-hmm 75 millimeter at the Museum of Moving Image. Oh, damn. And I had already seen the, like, I've already seen the movie. It was already one of my favorite films. But seeing it in, seeing a print of it and, like, seeing it in a theater and, like, experiencing it that way was, like, okay this is why I like film. Like, this is why film is important to me. From just how advanced they were technically, like, on screen, like, when it comes to effects, like, how they did the whole scene with the walking in the space cabin upside down, like, to um, the smaller things, like, the match cuts from like the bone where the apes hold it in the beginning and then cutting it to the ship like floating through space like those were all those were all things that i like studied like in high school so seeing all of it like represented like on screen was like whoa like it really put things in into perspective for me and i was like this is like what what makes film so fire because it yeah. combines everything like it combines music and visuals and effects and everything into one thing that you could experience with people at the same time and i think that's why i love film that's a that's a really good one to choose because it's just such a like like it's such like a pure example of craft. Like they put so much work into all the little details of that fucking movie. Like, like, like I just, I just recently learned that uh all the like all the spaceships those are all like really detailed models. Like, yeah. like, yo, it's it's, and and like I only found that out because I was watching this other video where they were talking about how not all not all of the spaceships like not all the models still exist today some of them do but there was mm-hmm. one um i think it was the circular one i forget what it's called um mm-hmm. they had shipped it somewhere and like the and like somebody found it in a box and they were like oh shit this is one of the spaceships from uh 2001 a space odyssey but they yeah. couldn't take it home with them because they couldn't fit it in their car that would have been the craziest come up. And then, <laughs> yo, like, it, it, but like it gets worse. The day after, like, a bunch of kids found it and destroyed it. 
they just Yo. destroyed this like piece of film history. Like they just they just Damn. it's like 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 beyond repair. They can't put it back together. Like it's just gone. Like, damn. <laughs> damn, that just goes to show bad, you know, bad archival work can lead to shit just not existing anymore. Like, it only, it only exists in the film now, which is exactly wild. like that's the only <laughs> like, place you can see it. Like, which is wild. Like the same, well, not the same thing, but I think at at Moving Image they have the they have one of the models that they use from blade runner mm. and it, like i was looking at it and i was like yo this they made this shit look humongous on screen like the way they were able to get away with doing that like on film like it would be easier like to tell like i guess with digital with digital now but how they were able to make small like figurines look life like life-sized and like how they were able to just manipulate how they looked was always interesting to me like I think that's something that we don't really see in film anymore because it's just easier to do with computer great like computer graphics but the amount of time that they put in like the amount of work that artists put into crafting these like ships and like I don't know the spaceships and buildings and things that they use like in Blade Runner or like in the Star Wars films was it was a lot of work like a lot of work and a lot of time for them to be on screen for the little moments that they were which is like wow like that's amazing that's amazing nah facts like i love like i'll always love practical like practical effects of any kind just because of that type of shit like like they like they managed to save one of the original death stars they used in star wars too i think that's like in a museum somewhere and like and yeah like that type of like that's just so that's also really interesting to me like just yeah just just like the amount of thought and care and love you put into something like that for it to only be on screen for like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes. Like that's like, like anybody, anybody willing to go that extra yard to like give us that is it's, it's usually worth it. It's, it's very rarely not worth it. You know? Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, so, so, you know, like, so like this happened to you in high school and I assume at this point you were already at least some sort of interested in music. So talk to me about when you first fell in love with music. Like when, when, when did that happen? So with music, I always like, like I grew up in a musical household, like all like my aunts and uncles were musicians. And so I think from an early age, I always had a, connection to music and I've always been around musicians and I guess uh, like I used to beatbox a lot in elementary school and I (laughs) I would get calls home like oh like he's beatboxing in class and he's like drawing on the desk or like writing lyrics on the desk and so when it came time I guess like between 
middle school and high school, I like got my first computer and I was always like techie. I was always into just different programs and things and video games and things. And my computer wasn't able to play games. So this like next mm. best thing to me was just like being able to make music or like make art of any type. Well, and um, sorry to cut you off. What kind of computer did you have? I had like a Dell laptop. It was like this prehistoric, like monster laptop that was just like probably five inches thick. <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like it was like one of them very heavy Dell Inspiron or whatever it was called, like one of them old <laughs> ones that you would see at like an office firm or some shit like that and I only got it because my dad used to work like at like a hospital and I guess he just had a connect that was just like oh he, he using you can get these laptops like they're, they're throwing them out and getting new ones for the company so he just brought my first two laptops I got that way actually so he brought one home and he was like yeah you could use this and so I was like it was Windows XP slow it wasn't that it wasn't too slow but i was able to do shit on there and mm. i got fruity loops, fruity loops on there and i started making my first beats on there and i was like whoa like this is cool and that kind of introduced me into like just like the world of music online because i would start looking for drum kits and like different sounds i could use and i would come across other other musicians and like other beat makers and yeah that was kind of my intro into like making music and fruity loops raised so many of us like fruity loops and garage band started so many journeys through this shit bro it's like i can't so, even put into words how important those two things are so many so many like i used to have huh, I used to have this one, I think in fourth grade, I had these two teachers. I had these two teachers that I got to give them, I got to give them the credit because if I didn't have these two teachers that I don't know, I, I might not have like wanted to produce, but I had this one teacher, she had, she was the only teacher in my school that had Max in their classroom for some reason mm, valuable and, and so like it was it looked much more fascinating than the regular dell computers that we had is you know we had all the colors and like the old the original imax with the with the big back right <laughs> she right had right the orange ones and the blue ones so i was like what's those and she would always be like don't touch them but eventually like <laughs> she let us go on them and I found GarageBand and I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like, I want one of these. But Macs are like expensive at the time. I mean, they're still expensive. And like, we were just like, whoa, like you could, you could get these, like you could make this, like you could make movies and like make music on these computers. And I always used to stay in her class, like, extra time just to be working on there and then the other teacher i had she had this um 
she had this website that we used to do schoolwork on and she had ads on the website too and somehow some way i came across an ad for splice and this was early like this is early splice this had to be like over i was in fourth grade so this is mad long ago right back then splice used to be a dog like it used to be a like online door where you could go to the website and then drag the sounds the same way splices now it was literally all online so you would drag like people would upload sounds and shit and like you could make arrange things and make beats on it that way right and, but like imagine that with like lime wire graphics where like everything was shiny and shit <laughs> so i found that website and i was like whoa like this is mad cool. So like when we originally, like when we eventually got like a home computer and like I was able to do that at home, I was always on there and making beats on there. And then I guess it shut down and then I just couldn't find it. And then Spice came back a couple of years ago and I was like, oh shit, they're back. And, like, <laughs> and now it works with Ableton. And I'm like, whoa, this is so sick. Like, I think one of the first beats I ever made was through that software so wow, that's incredible <laughs> honestly like that's because because like i didn't use splice when i was younger but i knew a few people who did and i had heard <laughs> about it just like just like through the grapevine and shit and yeah. um yeah just to like like just to see how all these different programs like the early early versions of them like really just like spurred something crazy and so many people and that's mm-hmm. like it, it, it's it's just always important to remember those beginnings because like damn absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah and like and like i know that um i know that found sounds also play a pretty big role in the way that you produce too mm-hmm. so like talk so 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 like what so like what is it about like what is it about found sounds that you love so much that you can use to like help you make beats cuz like not every cuz of course not everybody uses those and you can do really fire shit with them anyway. It's like, it's, it's almost like movie shit because like people use found sounds to like, to, um, um, in post-production to like emphasize things. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think my use of it is like comes from that and like comes from editing videos and like being in that world. So um i think when it comes to found sounds it's really about telling the story and it's about enhancing how you tell the story and so whether it be adding the little footsteps to a film like when you're walking through snow it's the same thing with music you just can't see it but you can visualize it in your head so it has to be much more you know present and so i think a majority of the found sounds on transit came from me just being <laughs> nosy on the train <laughs> with my like voice memos app open whenever someone gets into an argument or someone has some a hot take to say on the train 
And I was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, you would only get this from being in this place at this specific time in this very moment. And I think that's special, you know? Um, so I wanted to incorporate it into transit because that's what transit was all about. It's about getting from one place to another and what happens in that time, you know? Right. Nah, because the one the like like the one part that always sticks out to me is at the end of no mask when that argument is happening. Like, like, like did that happen on the train? Like, did you get that on the train? The one where she's like, oh, you're gonna know my stuff. Uh-huh. Oh uh, yeah. So that was funny enough, that wasn't in New York, that was in Jersey. Um, mm. I was on the way to Union. Shout out my homie <laughs> Reg. But I was on the way to Union because he was doing a show out there. He there like he has his band um called Vibe World and they like are from Jersey and shit. And so I was like going to go to one of their shows and shit. And it was the first time I ever like ventured out of New York to go to a show. <laughs> and because they always come here and I was like, yo, I got to go see my homies. So I went and took the bus and it was crazy. Cause I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like I didn't know buses even go on the highway and like do all of that <laughs> on the NJ transit. And so I'm on the bus and it's packed and like, there's like no seats and I'm like, okay, I got my seat. I'm just sitting next to someone and this dude comes in and this woman, she's sitting in the seat and she has her bags on the chair and he's like, can you move your stuff? And she's like, all right, like, okay. And he's like, like pressing her like oh could you move it like now like hurry up and she's like like who are you talking to like like she was like obviously like with the shits and he's like threatening her and she's like oh i'm gonna throw your bags and she's like you're gonna do what and then that's like when that whole thing happened she's like you're gonna throw my stuff you're gonna throw my stuff and the bus driver stops the bus like on the side of like the exit just to go like to clear the situation up and eventually someone like a couple chairs behind her just is like yo dude like you could just sit here next to me like you're making it a big deal like this woman obviously has a bunch of bags with her and she just got off work and you're like kind of like being annoying and yeah i was just there like eavesdropping with my phone (laughs) while that whole situation happened and that's how that's how um that came to be but if i wasn't going to jersey for that one show i probably wouldn't have gotten that but yeah that um that same skit then also like extends onto my song brownstone like in the beginning it's just like it's the same woman she's like yo i bet you feel better now like mm. you feel better now you sitting down like you were talking all that shit earlier. You should have just closed your mouth. <laughs> and that was like the closer. <laughs> that was a closer for the project. And so I was like, this is perfect. And that's how that came to be. Wow, that's loose. I didn't even I didn't even put two and two together to realize that that was the same person. Cause um, 
Jersey, Jersey's wild. I, I, I'm like, I know that I know that technically happened with people who were probably from or, or maybe not from New York, but like we were we get wild down in Jersey. <laughs> things things happen. Yeah. Things happen over here. That's that's a crazy story, though, like just to because that's because I like, guess something that I've been noticing a lot more people I know doing lately, legit, just just like randomly record, like even if it's not like conversations, it'll just yeah. be like nature sounds like and and just like having like like voice memos is really it like once again changed so many lives complete oh, game changer yeah. like <laughs> and you know it's crazy apple or samsung or whoever like whatever type of like phone you have um that wasn't even the plan that was right <laughs> i can guarantee like that wasn't the plan when they came up with this that software they probably just like okay people probably are used to like doing interviews, like how people used to have the little tape recorder, it just came from that. But I still got my we, shit in my bag. It's so funny you mentioned that. And you know it's crazy. I have a tape recorder too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be just using like like shit just to like document things. Like it just like having the hardware for stuff and like is like always cool but like the accessibility of it just being in your phone is just like yeah maybe so many things like created so many things no totally and like and and like you're so right about the fact that that was probably not as intention at all but like that's the most hip-hop shit you could do like just like flipping the shit for your own needs like that's that's the most rap shit possible yeah (laughs) yeah man it's like i think i think um for me like listening to like wu-tang or whoever like do the skits on (laughs) do the skits where they're like yo we gonna go rob this nigga yeah they had to go to the studio and record all of that shit and like arrange it so i'm like damn like that's a lot of work like especially when like not like seeing it come from a time where studios cost like millions of dollars like all like the equipment it took to make like albums and like just music in general like in the 80s or 90s was like ridiculous now all of that is literally in our pockets so the simplification of making music is just has been very very high like right and yeah you know shots to technology because it's going to keep on evolving and as technology evolves our creativity evolves so yeah we're adaptable human 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 beings in particular black human beings are extremely adaptable like big, big facts <laughs> and like and, and like now you got me thinking like how would like how would the skit before the method man song on 36 chambers sound if they yeah. all recorded that like differently than they did because like that's, that's that's one of my favorite moments on any album ever that skit is crazy yeah yeah like damn yeah i always think about it, like like if if the technology we had today was shifted back 20 years or 25 years, how would these classic albums come out? 
how mm-hmm. how much different would they be how much different would they sound what genres would exist today like I always I'm always questioning that like because you know I feel like um genres in music or at least contemporary music comes from a lot of it comes from technological like advance right we weren't able to really sample over 10 seconds of a song because computers just couldn't do it back then and so that's why Kanye samples used to be sped up and shit like that's why they used to be because it would take less like storage space now or a RAM like now that just that doesn't even that's not even a thought mm-hmm. now if you wanted to do that it's like reverse engineering and so and so yeah I always think about that like if the um limitations that we had in making music were pushed back the same way the advances we've made in technology were also pushed back how much different would music be and i think that's something that's a challenge that i always like um try and like commit to when making music like i always think okay when i'm making a song i don't want to make it sound like it came out today i want to make it sound like it came out whenever it comes out like making timeless music is not something that you can like do it's something that you come come across and that only comes from how it sounds right um, but yeah um yeah that's always on my mind when it comes to music I feel it. And, and, and like, and like, it sounds like, it sounds like that was something that was on your mind while you were making transit, because of course you had already had, you'd already had a handful of songs that dropped before transit that you, on the, you had candy. And then you had the three singles, which are all from transit armor center and ball hog. Um, yeah. So, so like, was that, so, so like, so like, was the, or yeah, well like, let me not just assume, like, was that something that was on your mind while you were putting transit together? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I was putting transit together, the main thing for me was like, okay, I don't want this to like, I don't want this to be stuck in a 2020 or 2019 kind of era or of sound or like, I don't want it to feel like it's locked to this certain age, you know? Yep. And so when I was making it, when I was producing the album, a lot of the uh, elements of the instrumentals, I was rethinking and like stripping back, and like taking out things that didn't need to be in there or like putting in things that sounded more fitting to that idea. Um, and part of that was the found sound. And part of that was also like, taking out samples and using certain textures for drones and things and yeah 
Yeah. And, and like, that's really not an easy thing to do to like, to like make something that sounds like it, like not even that it necessarily fits in a modern context, but something that could just fit into any context. Like that's, that's really difficult to do. And one of my, and, and, and just like one of my favorite qualities of this project is that it really does sound like it could have come from, it sounds like it could have come from any time this millennium, you know, like, 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 like I'm gonna go back to no mask again because like that like to me that song is just such like it really just encompasses all those elements in it like 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 you have the sample in there I forget what song it's from but it's like a but, but like it's been used quite a few times so like so like that was automatically familiar to me but then mm-hmm. you just come in with like the but then you come in with the fucking crazy drums when the hook comes in and it's just like and 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 and, and just like the effects you put on it like it's just it's like it sounds like it almost sounds like something you might hear on like on like a diplomats or like a Kanye record. And then it yeah. just turns into something that something else. It, 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 and then it yeah. just turns into like something more modern. I just love that mix. Mm. It's tight. Thank you. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, like that's. And the funny thing about the sample. I was like when I found it originally, it was like in this sample pack that I had on my computer for ages. And there was a whole bunch of things in there. So when I came across it, it just struck me as like some like very cinematic feeling thing. It felt like, it felt like part of a soundtrack. And Mm -hmm. so when I made the beat, um i was like okay when i'm writing to this i have to write about film like i have to take what i know about film and make that what the song is about because it just would make sense with how the texture of that sample was and so that's why a majority of the lyrics are about camera work and like zooming in and panning out and and, mm. and lights and like all the technical things that go into being on a film set or like being a cinematographer and yeah that was really that was what i felt when i was making no mask and you know, that isn't the first time like I've uh, like made like a song that was in that lane, but I def- I definitely think No Mask was like the first time I went into the specifics. So, yeah. yeah, and yeah, like that's such a like there's so much movement to that song like it really like like it really reminds me of like the rumble of the train it really reminds me of just like just being active like that's like an active song <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah there's yeah like there's just so much energy to that and um one and one thing that's or, or not one thing but like you wrote produced recorded and mixed this whole shit yourself which is like a really big, like that's, 
congratulations because like holy shit that's so much work <laughs> but um like yes. but like between all of that um what was the most challenging aspect of putting this whole project together since you did everything but master it yourself um i think um i think the hardest part was meshing the songs together I think the hardest part was like bringing them together in a way that um, felt like a project. Or actually, let, let me let me not say it felt like a project. Like I think ordering them, like putting them in the order that they are in the project, took a uh, time for me because I. Um, had other songs that well didn't end up making the project or I felt like could have been on the project so I think just like going through like my batch of songs and like figuring out which ones went for that project and went like fit into transit the best that like took me some time to sit with and I was like okay once I do this I have to like come up with like the skits and things and then eventually the skits just ended up being the found sound and that's what tied the project together um but yeah I think that was the most challenging part it was also the most fun part because it was like making the DJ mix of some sort right <laughs> making a mixtape or something that's why I found it so fun right and yeah you know like transit transit has that like transit has that like mixtape energy to it just ju just in the sense of how it's put together because i think it flows i think it flows really well like for me like the run from armor to ball hog to center to no mask is like that's mm -hmm. that's like, like like those four songs fit together they feel they mm -hmm. feel like they need to be like 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 i couldn't imagine listening to armor and then hearing paragraph you know like this isn't this isn't a project yeah. i could just throw on shuffle like it's something that mm -hmm. when i listen to it it's got to be front to back yeah that's yeah that was what i had in mind too like yeah. i think i think my next project is definitely going to be more shuffleable but with transit i wanted to be i wanted to give you that feeling of like being on the train and like knowing each stop or well being on the train and not knowing what stop is going to come next you know mm. having that uh unpredictability of of a mass transit ride or like yeah that's why it was just like kind of like a shorter project and um not too many songs and i just wanted to be kind of the length of like a everyday commute to work or like commute right. back from work and like that was what I that was what I was intending when I was putting the project together. So yeah, definitely meant to be played from front to back. Um but yeah, I'm glad you <laughs> picked up on that then. Really sick. Ah, it's fire. Yeah. And I can see all of that because yeah, like it's it's less than 20 minutes. It's like 17 minutes all yeah. the way through. 
and uh it yeah and 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 like going to the unpredictability thing like it's just like from like from the beats to the flows that you the on um, the flows that you pick up like the way like the way you skated on that back half of armor is just like you you just like ran through that shit and like and, and you're like that's different from what you do on ball hog and that's different from what you do on uh on like vertigo you know like there's it's uh I could definitely see that air of unpredictability running through mm. this whole shit. And that's one of the things that makes it so exciting, you know, yeah. like it, it yeah, no, of course. Like that's, it's, um, it's just like, I don't like to use this word randomly, but it just feels kind of fun, you know, like it's it like, not like, not silly. Cause it's, it's, mm. it's not silly. It's just like, like I said, it just feels active. It just feels, it, it just feels mm. like I'm, it's it's like a journey. It just you know like it's you you already said it. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm really I'm really just amplifying what you just said and like I I feel it when I listen to it, and that's Word. really dope. Word, appreciate that. Yeah, it was definitely like you know being in the city, you gotta be active. You know, yeah. being being in Gotham, you gotta be active. So all of that that energy had to be in the project, or it just wouldn't have like it just wouldn't have made sense to me. Um, so that's, I try and put that, um, that energy into the instrumentals, into the beats and like how they sound because, you know, I could rap and like do all of that too. But like at the end of the day, like when you hear in the music it's like, okay, this is like where it's coming from this like energy i feel like my vocals and like how i record uh the energy is in parallel with how the beat sounds and so that was the core of the project and and the feel of the project um yeah yeah that's dope and like and like that really feels like so like it like it feels like you're telling me that that's kind of that just kind of feels like it's emblematic of your sound in general because like there's so many different pockets of rap happening in new york right now like like there's like there's like 80 million different kinds i'm not even gonna try to list them all yeah but you know but, but you know like your music your music feels your music feels like it's from the city it feels like like it's got that movement, but it also pulls from so many other different places that it's like it doesn't I don't want to say it doesn't feel like it belongs anywhere, but it's just like on top of feeling timeless, it feels just kind of like spaceless, if that makes sense. Just, just, just like it could exist anywhere, mm. you know, mm. like yeah. and like like it feels like New York, but it wouldn't but like I wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel out of place if I heard it somewhere that wasn't like a bustling city. Yeah. It makes the most <laughs> sense in a bustling city, but it yeah. sounds like it could be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I think, um, with, with, uh, transit in particular, I've always wanted it to be like being an artist from New York, like is always, that's always like the talk that's always like okay if you're from new york 
you got to either be on some real hip hop, like, arr, like real boom bappity shit or following what's trendy. And I didn't want to do either. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, like, I keep, like, spit the <laughs> spit the old head bars and like do all of that but like i feel like that's that's for a time that it, it that it came from you know that's for the time that they exist in um and just like having fun with it is more important like being able to express yourself however you want without having to worry about how other heads from New York perceive it uh, or like how the world perceives New York because I think the world has always just seen New York as that and because it's like the tri-state is just like the birthplace of hip-hop and so Mm -hmm. when you see okay the birthplace of hip-hop okay this is what hip-hop started like and this is how people are going to be used to it like sounding i always wanted to turn that on its head and that's what i would do with that's what i want to do really with all my music not just translate it's just that's always the uh the main focus mm-hmm. i could tell and you know like, even on top of all of that like you're still barred out on all these songs too it's not like you're not rapping but it's but it's not you know, like, you're, but you know, you're not deli- like you said, you're not delivering it in the way that people might be expecting you to, you know, like, you, you know, like you're not <laughs> like you're not um, like you're not Onyx or any shit like that. But you're also not like young M.A. Like you're not like a boogie. You're not like little T.J. Like, <laughs> I don't know why Onyx came to mind at first. Like, don't ask me. <laughs> Shout out, shout out, young and though. Shout out. Honestly, yeah, no, nah, she's fire. Yeah, crazy. No, nah, she's amazing. Um, what's it called? Um, um, off the yak was cool. I actually, oh. I, I was actually, I, I was actually just running that a couple of days ago. Yeah, uh, hard. Yeah, no, nah, she... definitely an underrated uh, lyricist. Yeah. Too, like, shout out, young and Yeah, no, nah, that whole like, like people like I feel so bad that her story in the making didn't get the attention that it deserved because like she had that huge moment and then she, and then she did something that nobody ever does. She took her time making that album and then it came out and it was so crazy, but people just like, like, like not to say that it like went completely under the radar, but it just like, it didn't feel like as big a moment as she deserved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's like, That's like, that's how it is putting out a project. That's how it is putting out a first project, sometimes second, sometimes third, being from New York. Like, you got to make your first project really, like, stand out before it be heard, unless you, like, get radio play or, like, you got, like, or even like post all of that, like you would have hits and all of that. But when no pro- when it comes time for the project, it's like, okay, like you gotta really double down on this shit and like work for real. But it right. put in work. And so 
every not everyone sees that work. Not everyone on the outside of the music or on the outside of the art sees how long that can take and how long, how much work goes into it. So I understand that, but you know, it kind of is what it is. Right. Yeah. You know, like it's a statement. Like yeah. it's it's. Yeah, yeah, like especially especially like a debut project like that was like that was MA's debut project, quote unquote. And yeah. like and like it felt like a statement. It's just like the moment didn't really reflect that the way that it should have considering how big how big um, um, ooh was. <laughs> it's yeah. always so weird saying that the name of that song out loud and like not in the context and like the melody and shit. <laughs> I'd be forgetting that is even called ooh. I just right. call it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it would have worked. It would have worked either way. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. They should have put it in the parentheses like I do sometimes where it's like, ooh, <laughs> heavenly. <laughs> Yo, yeah. nah. That would have been crazy. That's so fire. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, like um, I, like the last thing I want to ask is like we're talking about statements, and transit does feel like a statement in that way. Like you were just talking about how you were just talking about how um, you know, like like as someone who doesn't get radio play and isn't being isn't necessarily being looked at by like the people putting together like whatever big playlist or whatever the fuck like. It feels like a statement. It feels like this is you saying like, this is what I want to do. And mm. this is the type of time I'm on. And um, I guess just uh, to kind of close this out, like, mm. ha- like, ha- like, how would you define the AJ Radico sound? Like what, like, what is it that, <laughs> I don't even want to, I'm just, let me just leave it there. How would I define it? Shit. Archival. I think the best way I could define it is archival because I think there's nuances in the music that I make that come from a time that you I I wouldn't like necessarily pinpoint. Um, but I also think that they exist in the time that they're made. And so for years to come um, and for the future's sake, I think, and this could be really said about any music, um, especially like contemporary, like, like drill or like, I don't know, like light foot music and anything coming out in New York right now, there's always inspiration from somewhere else, you know? And there's always inspiration that's given off. And so that is how I view my music. And that's with transit being out and coming out in this pandemic, I think my main statement coming off of this project is just like, we're going somewhere. <laughs> We might not know where we're going, but this project was a map of point A and point B. Right. We're only just in the middle of it. And that's probably, that's my best way of putting it. Wow. 
See, I didn't even think about the fact that this is your debut project and you put it out during the pandemic. Like that's a whole other challenge. Like that's that's like like nobody before nobody before COVID really had to think about that type of shit because like putting out music in the world like like in the plain old world is hard enough, but like having to fight for people's attention during yeah. during during fucking COVID is like wow. So the fact that you managed to punch through the way you have so far is like that's not nothing. Yeah, man, it's, and like shouts to every artist like who's been like moving through this pandemic and putting music out because this shit is not easy. Shouts to every like everyone that's like just like creating like all creatives who are surviving through this pandemic because there's so much other stuff to <laughs> to be like paying attention to and there's so many other things to worry about, but you know at the end of the day we do what we do because it's important to us and it's important to those around us to have something that we can be entertained by because there's a lot of fuck shit in the world <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of foolery and there's a lot of confusion but at least when we have entertainment and we have art we can come to ourselves and really just like sit back and enjoy life and shit totally fucking yeah man entertainment and art are medicine we don't really look at it that way but like the shit is medicine you know like we need to we need we need to laugh yeah 100 110% man we need to laugh we need to smile we need to dance we need to sing we need to just like feel we need to feel centered you know like the shit keeps me centered like like listening to your music and the music that i like in general that shit centers me you know like so that's and like i'm not the only one so it's you know like we're all we're all helping each other and that's I mean, like, obviously it's not the most important thing in the world, but it's an important thing. And that's, and that's kind of like, that's a constant, you know? So it's just, that shit matters. I I, I don't even know what else to say. That shit just matters. Facts. (laughs) Period. (laughs) (laughs) For real, period. Um, Well, yo, bro, this was so dope. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah, bro. Likewise, man. I've had I've had a great time. You know, glad that we got to chop it up and shit. This is this is sick, sickening. Ah, oh, man. Me too. Yeah. Just yeah. Just like seeing the movement and seeing seeing the people like seeing you gain more momentum over the course of the past like however many months it's been has been really dope. Like and, and just like it's only. You know, like I know, I know this isn't the end for you. Like you got, you you got a lot more coming, and it just, it like it just feels like a, like, like this just feels like you shooting hoops in the park. You know, like this just feels like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Man, my brain it's is the free thin. throw. It, yeah, exactly. Free it's the throw. free throw. Yeah, it's the yeah, free throw. This is, <laughs> it's the exhibition. There we go. It's the exhibition game. The it's exhibition the exhibition game. game. There it is. <laughs> Facts, facts. Yeah, we we running it up. We gonna we gonna keep running it up, and you know, and I'm excited for what's coming next. You know, but not new shit. Yeah. Hell yeah! You already know. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. 
And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.